Hello and welcome along to this week's Super 6 podcast. It's a pleasure to have you join us. Myself, Laura Wood, and this man, Bio Akinfenwa. Hello, Bio. Yo, what's going on, LW? You good? All right. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, no, not too bad, not too bad. Um, be fair, we had, a, we had to shut down the training ground for a week or five oh, days. What's so, happening? Yeah, so this a little COVID outbreak. So the game's got called off QPR Sheffield Wednesday I think Sheffield Wednesday already called off the game and I can't remember who's having on Saturday so mm. we go back in tomorrow or Friday um, so yeah that's mine's just been at home just hitting a what bike like crazy has your fitness got better? nah 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 nah, nah, nah. <laughs> to be fair the other day it had me questioning life I come off the what bike and I just sat there and I was like be your 38 man what are you doing? I swear to you I questioned <sighs> Like, I was like, ah, oh, man, what am I doing? Um, but other than that, listen, man, I'm, I'm healthy. The family's healthy. So, listen, I can't complain. What's up with you? Um, it's been a busy week, actually. So, I went to Sheffield on Sunday, did um, Sheffield United against Spurs. I really felt for Sheffield United, actually. It was, I don't know if you watched the game, but, yeah, three goals that, that probably could have been prevented had they have played a little bit better. I had a little catch-up with um, Jose Mourinho. Always good to interview. Do you know what he does, right? So, he is... He terrifies me, if I'm honest. So usually pre-match interviews, you do two players. You do, Matt, uh, Michael Dawson was there. So we did like a little kind of like catch up pitch side. And um, it was really fun, actually. You usually get the teams. The teams come through on this little app before you interview the manager. So you get to see the, cha- the changes and you get to kind of figure out what the formation might be. But not with Jose. Jose basically arrives before the teams come out. And then you have... On, you have to have a bit of paper in front of him with the previous team so he can go, right, he's out, he's out, he's out, he's in, he's in. So luckily I did. And um, he walks along and and I literally show him my iPad and he goes, right, out, out, in, in. And I was like, hang on a minute, what formation is that then? We were like, is it four at the back? Is it five at the back? Is it three? We, we, and Michael Dawson's standing next to me and I looked at him and I was like, can you figure this out? And he was like, no. And then you have to do the interview immediately. And it honestly, he terrifies me, but it was a good interview, luckily. And I did say to him, I was like, we can't figure it out. What What are you doing here? And he went, um, I'll let Michael Dawson figure it out for you in the interview. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was good, actually. It was a good little chat pre-match. The game was entertaining, obviously. And Don Bele's goal, did you see it? It was just Yeah, it was I saw ridiculous, it. I saw it. it was I was ridiculous. doing research that game. I was doing research that game. I watched the game. I was doing research. Were you? So what yeah, did you think yeah. of it? Me personally? No, no. Hold on. Wait, whoa, whoa. whoa. I was going to go against the player and I shouldn't. I thought, yeah, he meant it. He meant it. He meant it. It was a good yeah, goal. Yeah, of course. It was, it was a good a goal. Minute. It was a good do you, goal. Do you think you... Because I thought... I know what you're saying, but I thought he meant it. But you, you've been a player in that position. Is there a little bit of doubt in your head? Yeah, look, I, for me, sometimes I'll look at it and be like, well, maybe because I, I don't have the ability he has sort of thing. So maybe I'm just thinking I would have tried to put it in an area. But no, nah, look, he meant it. To be fair to him, I was all, I was playing. I was going back on my WhatsApp group. Did he mean it? Um, some people said yes. Yeah, some people said no. But it was a great finish. But I was doing my research. Did you tell Jose that he, you know, he, was, he was seeing me next Monday? No, you didn't tell him, did you? I didn't. No, you didn't. No. Nah, if I'd that, have known, man. I'd have led with that question, of course. <laughs> we got Tottenham in the FA Cup. What would you? What day is that? Uh, Monday. What? Mon- next Monday. Oh, oh, Monday coming next up. Monday. 
So yeah, are you going to be genuinely when, when the training ground closes for a week, everyone has to go home and, and some of your players might have COVID, some others might not, but you're all together. So you've got to isolate and everything. So generally, are you are you feeling like you're going to be rested ahead of it or are you going to be feeling like you're behind? It's, it's not the, the perfect prep at all. It's not the perfect prep. You, you don't want to stop training. Um, and that's what we've had to do. Listen, training on a pitch, it doesn't matter what you do on the bike. There's nothing that replaces going out there to train. But listen, it's part of past that that for us now is it, unfortunately it's become the new normal. So, but at the same time, look, it could be my last FA Cup game. So, and I will say that sort of mindset to the team. Like, look, boys, we play it like it's our last game. Like, it's Tottenham at home. Like, let's take it to them. So, I mean, look, we're looking forward to it. And that's what the FA Cup does. It, it puts up situations like this I mean we played Tottenham I think three years ago and it still sits on my chest now because on the 88th minute we were 3-2 up and then lost the game 4-3 so for me and that was the FA Cup same round but for us we're looking forward to it it's Tottenham I think you know they've moved on they've got Mourinho their team's got better we've moved on like I think we was League 2 and we played them we're in the champ now so for us it's just a game that we're looking forward to Excellent. I'm looking forward to it as well. Now you've told me what day it is. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That shows. Be... I know. The worst thing that shows that, you know what I'm saying, you're, you're, you're up to date no. on what man do. It's cool, LW. I just don't plan. I don't plan more than a week ahead. You know what I'm like? I literally just, like, I, I get to the end of the week. I don't have a game on Sunday, so I've got like a few days off. So I'm like, brilliant. I'm just going to switch off. When I say yeah, switch I'll off, I'll probably watch, <laughs> watch all the other games. Yeah, I know. Anyway, I know. I'm, I know. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, guess what? We have a very good guest today, don't we? Who we got? Who we got? Tell the people them because I'm excited about it. We say this all the time, but I am excited again about who we got. Tell them who we got. We've got Wolves and England centre-back Connor Cody. Jeez! I love this guy, you know. I, I, I love his interviews. I love how infectious he is. I remember I played against him a little while ago. Well, a little while ago. A long while ago, I think, when he was at Sheffield United. Um, I played against him. But yeah, man, I've got so much time for Connor. This should be a good one. I do as well. He endears himself to people, doesn't he, in his interviews and stuff like that. So I'm quite looking forward to this one. So uh, without further ado, let's get into it, Mr. Connor Cody. Predict six correct scores on Super 6 this week for a chance to win £250,000. Download the app and play by 3pm on Saturday. Head to skysports.com forward slash Super 6 for more details. Okay, so this week, myself and Bio are pretty excited about this one. We have been talking about it over WhatsApp. I've been telling everybody about this because um, this latest guest is a very good talker, very popular in England at the moment especially. Please give a warm welcome to Mr. Connor Cody. Hello, Connor. Hello there, you okay? Very well, thank you. How are you? Good, I'm great, thanks. I'm great. I'm good, I'm good. Yo, what's going on, Connor? You good? All right, mate. You all right? How's things? Yeah, man. Can't complain. And yourself? Yeah, I'm sounds a pound, mate. Sounds a pound. Everything's good. Everything's good. How is life at the moment? Because you've had, like, the last couple of years, especially Wolves at the moment and playing under Nuno and that sort of stuff and, and your England career, it does feel like you are going from strength to strength. So how is life? It's good. Life's, life's good. Life's been tough the last few weeks, if I'm being honest with you, obviously with the results and... With the way things have gone for the club and for the team in the last few weeks, it's been tough, been really tough. But I think if you put it in, into context and look at the last few years and how the club's risen and how the club's done things, and then obviously you look at myself and obviously getting to the England team was, I can't, I can't even explain to you how good that was. It was incredible. It was a moment that'll live with me forever. So honestly, if you, if you put it into context and look at the last few years, it's been incredible. But where I actually am now and the feeling I've got now in terms of the last few weeks has been tough. It has. But yeah, if you, if you look at it on a whole, it's been really good. For me, 
I love your story. Like you are literally when when I when I watch you play, and it's funny because we discussed we played against each other back in the day, and like yeah. he, he manhandled me. I don't even like to to. He just he dealt with me. I don't like intelligent centre halves. <laughs> like he just he, he was. I don't like I just, it. I never. I never. Believe me, I never. He did stop yeah. that man. He, I tried to every time I was looking around, like where is he? Where is he? So I could feel him and pin him and roll him. He just was anyway. But you know what I get like your interviews, the way you play, you are that that inspiration in the sense where, look, you can make it to the very top and be yourself. Like that interview you gave that after the England, after you scored, mm-hmm. like, I felt that feeling as somebody that's done something and you just can't hold it in. And that's just you, been you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you know what, mate? Do you know what? It's something where I class myself, I'm a real, I'm a fan more often than not. And I've said it quite a few times in interviews where people always speak to me about, I'm always the face of celebrations when one of our lads score for Wolves. And people always mention it to me saying, how the, how the hell do you get there? How do you do that? And the feeling of it is, is I'm a fan on a football pitch. I'm, like, I'm a supporter first and foremost. I love football and I, and I love goals going in and I don't really, I don't score many myself, as people know. So when goals go in, I get rather excited. So I class myself more as a fan. So when that happened for England and the feeling I had, after it, I wanted to tell people. <laughs> it might sound silly, but I wanted to tell people and I couldn't stop talking and Loads of people kept on saying to me about how what an amazing night and it was. That's how I can class it. it. Was it was an incredible night and as I mentioned before, it's something that lived me forever. But the feeling to actually go and do that, mate, was absolutely incredible. And it means a lot. You're saying things like that. It really does. But it's nothing. That's something that I'm trying to do. It's just some something that I am. And like I said, first and foremost, I'm a football fan before a player, and and that's what I love doing, just playing football. So that's great. Yeah. I think that's what comes through actually is is being a football fan and in these interviews being just really honest and letting your guard down and just saying how you really feel because people at home and people watching you can sort of feel like they can relate to it. Yeah, I think it's something where I think it's something where you look at it and I've just played the game. I'm a lucky lucky person in the world where I get to play football every single day of my life and there's millions upon millions of people who want to do that. So I get the opportunity to do it and then I get put straight in front of a camera and I'll speak about the game. It's great because I want to let people know about about the game that I've just played in because I'm lucky enough to play it. So it's great. And like I said, I'm, I, I'm in a real privileged position that I get to do that. So like, I want to say, and before we'll go in and we'll touch on your career and that, exactly yeah. what LW said about how it comes through. Because, you know, we are, as, as a footballer as well, you know, we're humans first and foremost. But yeah. I think like they put football before anything else. And what comes off the screen is... Look, you're, you're you're a person, you're a man first and foremost, and then the footballer comes afterwards, and that's where it's so authentic, and that's where I kid you not, this is not me blind smoke anywhere. I actually just love watching you and seeing you talk because I get it, you know, I get it as that footballer, but as a person where it's look, let me let the world know that I'm excited right now. It's not that it's a given that we should score goals or be look, I'm happy, and that's what you do. So let me just before we go in there. Don't ever change, broski. Don't ever change. <laughs> Thank you, mate. A bit like yours after the playoff, after the playoff win. Yeah, well, you, yeah. yeah, you saw how gassed I was. You saw I, how excited I was. I saw it, mate. I saw it. I loved it. Really <laughs> <laughs> Connor, let's talk about Wolves for a second because you just touched on it there about the luck doesn't seem to be going your way at the moment. Obviously, Raul Jimenez, it was a, a horrible day when, when his injury happened. Um, we want to know how he's getting on and if you've heard from him. And then really, you know, the effect it's had on the team. Thank you for asking, first and foremost. Uh, we see him every day. He's in every day with the lads now. He, he's also not out on the grass. He's not out on the pitch. He's, he's doing light work inside. And do you know what? It's just brilliant to see him healthy. He's got a different haircut, which is great to see. He's, <laughs> he's missing now doing his hair. So we give him a bit of stick on that. 
he's got a different take but honestly it's just great to see him healthy first and foremost you speak about footballers like they always just been saying there we speak about footballers but we panicked when it happened I'll, I'll be totally honest with you it was a real scary situation when it happened and Listen, if any team loses a player of calibre of Raul Jimenez, it's going to hit you hard and it's hit us. So, listen, we need to come through this patch because it's being tough. But on regards to, to Raul, it's just great to see him healthy. It's great to see him with the lads having his lunch and having his breakfast. Well, canteen's closed at the minute, but when the canteen's open, he's having his lunch and his breakfast with us, which is which is great. But it's just great to see him healthy, honestly. It's really good that. That's wicked because, listen, I've, I've been on a pitch when... You know, players get injured and, you know, people got to know it. it's a brotherhood. So when you see yeah. one of your players go down, you know, and then on top of that, the quality that he brings. Uh, to be fair, I think he's one of the best strikers in the Prem. Yeah. Um, I think he's got it all. So, of course, that's going to hit. So what's Nuno said going through? You know you're not going through a bad patch at the moment. So what's the atmosphere like around the ground at the moment? Uh, the atmosphere, as, as I mentioned before, mate, it's been tough the last few weeks. It really has, I think. You never want to go through these patches of footballers and when they come, they're tough to take, but it's important that you come together. We spoke even more this week now about, especially after the results on the weekend, which was really, really disappointing for us about we need to come together even more. We need to make sure we stick together on the pitch. The club comes together because, as you mentioned, we, we all go through them, but it's important you come through the other side and we will do because that's what football clubs do. That's what strong football clubs do. That's what strong teams do. And it's important we make ourselves one of them now. So we spoke again today on the training pitch. We worked hard again this morning on different things we need to improve because we've got a massive week coming up now because it's always nice to improve in the FA Cup, which is what we want to do. But then we go to Chelsea Palace and it gets really, really tough. So it's important we learn from our mistakes. That's the biggest thing. But more importantly, coming together and, and making sure we stick together through the rough patch, to be fair. Could I want to ask you a little bit about Nuno because he's he's been my favourite manager in the Premier League really since he came over and I, I don't know I just there's a lot of different things that I really admire about him. He can be a really tough interview, but he can also be a really charming interview. Obviously, just depends what sort of day you catch him on and what the result is like. But always very polite, you know, yeah. just a really polite man. And I've kind of read a lot and and researched him a fair bit and the way that he comes across as he is with you guys. And and one of the things that that I keep finding is that if you want help from him, if you if you want to help develop your game and you go to him, he'll give you all that time in the world and, and he'll develop you as much as, as he can. Is that true? 100%. 100%. I, I always remember one of his first interviews when he first came to the club and I listened to his press conference when he first came all them years ago and it was about developing the players that were here and I'll always remember that because obviously we had a manager coming from Porto, we'd been at Valencia and different things, managing the Champions League, managed at the highest level. And we had obviously a manager coming to the championship at the time. And I remember listening to him thinking, I'll give me all. Do you know what I mean? I'll give me all. If, he, if he's saying in his first press conference that he wants to improve players, I was one of the players who was here before. And I'll give me all for him. And that stuck with me ever since because you see young players coming to the club now. He's desperate to improve. And we're all desperate to improve. But the manager, you can see, works with them on a daily basis. It was the same with all the players who've come. We mentioned Raul, Adama, all these players who've come to the club. The manager really wants to improve them and make them better. And I think that's the biggest thing. And he's a real thinker. You see him thinking through things on the training pitch about how to make us better and trying to paint pictures for us in terms of how we want to go forward. And, and honestly, I think what he's done for this football club has, has been absolutely incredible, the way he's changed the direction, him and his staff. And like I said, it, what he's done has been absolutely amazing. And long may that continue, but... As I mentioned before, it's just about coming through sticky patches that we're going through at the minute and listening to them. Can he be a bit scary sometimes? All the time. Sometimes. <laughs> All the time. Especially at the minute. Especially at the minute. Or, uh, yeah, no, he can be. He can be because because of what he's like with us. You want to perform well. You want to make sure you're repaying. You want to make sure you repay the club for what the club's done for us in the last few years. And when that doesn't happen, 
you get down, you, the feeling of it's horrible, and you, you know you're letting him down a little bit. So, so yeah, he, he can get a little bit scared, yeah. Bio, I do this thing when I interview him, and uh, sometimes if uh, I'll ask a question and if it doesn't land quite how I wanted it to, he'll go, no, and I'll be like, oh, damn it, it's that one word. Like, if you, as soon as he answers the question with a no, you're like, you know you've made a mistake, and you're like, oh, damn it, you just want the ground to swallow you up. <laughs> you know the crazy thing is? You know the crazy thing is? Because you can tell how infectious he is because LW loves him. Connor, let me tell you something. How she goes on about Nuno is a mad thing. She's <laughs> like, yo, Nuno this, Nuno. I'm thinking, raw, yeah? It's <laughs> like, like that. Like, like every day I turn re- up and I'm like... really <laughs> checks him. <laughs> I checks for him hard, Connor. Checks for him hard. I, I even put it on talk sports in the morning as well. So I hear it now and again as well. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear about the time I interviewed him in stands once you'd played Old Trafford it was a draw yeah. at Old Trafford I can't remember what it was like a season before last I think it was definitely a draw and uh, he came up to do a live interview and my producer had gone off to do something so I was on my own so I was literally just broadcasting in the middle of Old Trafford it was freezing cold and Nuno starts walking up the stairs and I was terrified because I was like I actually don't, you know, I'm not prepared for this. And he came so quickly yeah. upstairs with your press officer. And um, we're like, brilliant. So I pointed to the microphone. I said, there you go, pick up that one. So he picked it up and it didn't work. And then it was like a calamity of errors. He went down the line of three different microphones, picked each one up, didn't work. This is all live. The yeah. last one, it didn't work. And I, I just didn't know what to do. And I was wearing a, a headphone like this with one of those ones that drops down, an arm, right. you know, with a little bubble on the end. Yeah. So I so I bent it towards him and we shared it. And we were, we were like this close. <laughs> It was the most awkward event of my life, but secretly yeah. I loved it. And I'm um, like full credit to him. He did the whole interview completely professionally. If you'd have listened, you wouldn't have known, apart from the fact that I was like, this is, I'm dying here. And then yeah. we finished the interview and my producer came up and I was like, where were you? And he went, all you've got to do is flip that switch and then they all would have worked. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is so awkward. Don't lie, LW, you knew that, man. You knew that, though, you yeah. planned it. You think you're slim. <laughs> yeah. Like, Olacon, let me say something, because from outside looking in, he looks like he's mad passionate. I think that one time where he celebrated, where he ran down and I think he got fined or something, but he ran down. I, for me, I love that. As a player, if my man, like Gareth Ainsworth, for me, he's passionate. So, yeah. you know, he'll run, he'll celebrate. You know, he's infectious. You know, he, he don't. it doesn't feel like he conforms. But what Nuno seems like he's got, he looks like he's got a switch on him. So, yeah. does he banter? Is there a balance with him? Well, oh, massively, mate. Massively, yeah. He's Honestly, he's fantastic around the training ground. Absolutely brilliant. But you know when it's time to work, mate. You know when half ten hits. You know you're going on the pitch to work and... You know you're going to get worked. It's as simple as that. But in terms of in terms of having the right balance, mate, it's absolutely brilliant, honestly. And we see the same. And that game you're on about, mate, was Leicester at home. It was like nearly, I think it was a year ago, not not far off today, to be honest with you. We won 4-3 last minute. Uh, Jota scored a hatchet that game. Mm. And it was last minute again. We see him take off. <laughs> and took off. So you know as you're running to celebrate, obviously, with Jota and you look to your right and he's next to you. <laughs> it, that, that must be the best fit. That must be the best. As a player... Yeah. If I see my gaffer, I'll be like, oh, snap, gaffer. Yeah, you know, that just brings you. I, me, I love that. I ain't going to lie to anybody. I, I thought honestly, that was sick. Honestly, it was a big shock. Like I said, I looked to me right and I thought, next to me, next to me. Why is on top? Because 
was one of them where you'd all pile on each other. And honestly, it was brilliant. It's not just that. It's not just that goal. Like, see, obviously, you see him and his staff of how together they are when when we score a goal. And for us, it's great. It's great. It makes it real. Do you know what I mean? You know how much a goal means when when a goal means you, you scored a lot more than me, mate. And you are, you know how much it means. And honestly, it means an awful. He scored in a while, man. Let's touch his subject, man. He scored in a while. Be easy, bro. Be easy, be easy. Bro. I won't Sorry. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can we can we take you back to the days when you were a kid and and being a Liverpool fan? Was it always Liverpool? Were Everton ever in the picture? It, it's kind of split in my family. I've got an, an uncle John, and then me, me 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 other uncle, Uncle Wags. He, he's a blue nose as well, so they're, they're blue noses. But majority of our family were Reds, and it, it, it was just Liverpool growing up because obviously I played for them as well, which was good. So it was it was mainly Liverpool, yeah. Mm. And talk us through those days, making your debut and just that sort of feeling that, you know, playing for a club like Liverpool. You know what, it, it, it was great and I, I always talk about it because honestly, we, we talk about Liverpool and them, them real massive clubs, Manchester United and Manchester City and I think they're real institutions of football, I'll be honest with you, real institutions and not just improve me as a footballer, but I think improve me as a person as well, making me realistic to what was coming further on in life and they helped me do that at Liverpool honestly I can't speak highly enough and the time that I had there I was there from the age of six or seven and it was absolutely incredible and I'm I'm proud to this day to say that I made my debut for that club and I always remember making my debut uh, I'd done it in Russia it was never something that I ever thought would happen I'd done it in Russia in the Europa League and the player liaison said to me after Ray he comes to me after the game and I was only a young lad honestly I was so nervous in the game and it was tough it was tough but he comes to me after and he said listen no one can ever take that away from you now nobody that's you you've you made your different. You made your debut for the club you supported, and and I'll always remember that because that's something I'll take with me forever. Because I worked all them years to do it, and I was lucky lucky enough to do it. But not just that, not preparing me just for that, but preparing me for later on in life and knowing how to then go to a different club and try and improve and impress. And they they, they done all that for me. And honestly, I, I'm very very thankful for how they brought me up doing that. Yeah. What age did you get released from Liverpool? And who was the who, who was the people? Who's the players that was around in your Liverpool days? Yeah, so coming coming through my age, mate, there was we had we had quite a strong youth team. If I'm being honest with you, we uh, we got knocked out the youth cup. I think it was at 18 to Manchester United in the quarters, and we had the likes of John Flanagan, Jack Robinson, uh, Andre Wisdom, Derby Suso, who's now at Sevilla. We played against him last year in the Europa. There was a, there was a few lads. We had we had a good, we had a real real good side, and then we played the Man United team, and they had Pogba, Ravel Morrison, Tony Cliff, players like this. A real real good side. And it was tough. Honestly, it was tough. But we had a real good side coming through. And then I left at about... I, I went on loan to Sheffield United when I played against you, mate, uh, when I was 20 to League One. And honestly, it was absolutely incredible. And Liverpool helped me with that. They sent me there. They were, they were the ones who picked the club and they helped me do that. So I left when I was about 20, came back and then I left permanently then to go to go to Huddersfield because I knew how tough it was going to be. I was realistic, mate, in terms, in terms of my chances going back to Liverpool. So I knew how tough it was going to be. And it was important that I carried on kind of my development and I went to another great club in Huddersfield as well. So that was when you played midfield when you went Sheffield United, right? Yes, mate. Played central midfield, yeah. Played central midfield, yeah. Really enjoyed it. It was good. So, and that was, Maguire was at the back. I remember Maguire had a big ass head in that. He was winning headers. Yeah. Like, it was, I remember, I can remember that game. It was like, yo, I was yeah. getting too old for it back then. Yeah. Yeah, that was the game at Gillingham. I scored that game. I scored. Oh gosh. He scored. Uh, <laughs> well, well, I can't remember. I know we, we lost the game. I know we lost the game. I remember, and there was. I remember the talk. I remember the, the talk. It was a young Maguire. And it was like, "Yo, yeah, young brother." I was like, "Yeah, he's a pop." Then I remember. I think the first goal kick. He just powered it back down. I was like, "Raw, this guy could win some." He had the, I had Connor screen. Ah, oh, the good old days. So was, 
you coming back into defence, which one do you enjoy more? Do you know you playing in midfield there, or did midfield just make it more comfortable for you to play in centre back? I mean, which one do you prefer? Yeah, I always, I, I always think midfield helped me, mate. I, I enjoy centre half now. I enjoy centre half. I like seeing the game in front of me. I like talking to my teammates and helping them as much as possible. I do enjoy playing centre half and trying to play with me, trying to play with me brain because I'm not the biggest and strongest of people. Do you know what I mean? As we were talking about before, mate, I know we we're having a bit of banter about it before, but I'm not. So it's hard. I've got to try and use my brain a little bit more to try and play. So I do enjoy where I'm playing now because I can see the whole game in front of me. I can speak to the lads around me to try and get them to help me as much as I help them. So I, I do enjoy where I'm playing now, but. Back in them days, mate, Chef, you, it was great. We played on the Niger Club and it was all out attack. It was just run forward and try and get in the box and try and score goals. It was brilliant. I loved every minute of it. Yeah. Have you always been, I don't know if you've noticed this by it, but obviously with, without any crowd, we hear so much more. So even though you hear bits and bobs as, as spectators or, or people in the media, or if you go to games or whatever, you hear a little bit, but it's usually drowned out by the crowd. Now there's no crowd. We we hear who are the really vocal ones, and Connor, you are probably one of the most vocal ones, which is what you're talking about, isn't it? This communication that you have with your with your teammates and everything, and it sounds funny, but it's it's really positive, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think it's massively important. I always got brought up. My dad was always big on it, to be honest with you, and and, and he was always big on it's the easiest thing you can do in football to help your teammates, and I think if you can help people, it'll, it'll stand not just you in good stead, but your team because. Listen, you don't play football for yourself. You play as part of a team. I play as part of a fantastic football club of where I'm at with Wolves and, and I'm part of a fantastic team as well. So you don't play it for yourself. You play to help your teammates around you. And my dad's always been big on me doing that. So as I've got older, it's always just got a little bit more. As I've got a little bit more experience, then I think I do the lad's head in, if I'm being honest with you, half the time because I can see them turning around and just like, shut up, code, leave me alone. But it's just kind of, it's never, I'm, I'm not the sort of player who will try and dig people out or anything like that. It's always just, a, to be honest, it's always trying to get them to help me get in here and just stand in there to protect me a little bit so, uh, so yeah no, it's a thing I can get involved in my game yeah so have you always been balanced because when we hear you talk you talk very methodical you talk very easy fluid you know what I'm saying it's that yeah fluid is the word you know what I'm saying it's just you're you're balanced so have you always been that way yeah, I, I think you've got to, mate. I think you've got to. I think it's tough in football, isn't it? Because one week you'll win and you'll think you're the best team in the world and you'll be on top of the world. This is what football does. We, I, speak to a, I speak to Matt Doherty quite a lot at Tottenham. He's a good friend of mine and obviously he left last summer. And me and him speak about it all the time. Honestly, football can be the hardest game in the world because it can just mess with you mentally, can't it? You can go yeah. from being one week you'll have a world, you have a game and you'll win and it'll be, oh, we go home to your missus and you'll have a takeaway and it'll be fantastic and you'll play with the kids and everything's great the next morning. And then next week you'll get bees and it'll be doom and gloom and everything's the worst in the world. And I think that's one of the hardest things about being a footballer, try and keep your head, like you said, uh, level all the way along because it's tough. And in terms of me talking as well, mate, I really enjoy talking about football. It might sound a bit soft or a bit sad, but I really enjoy talking about football. That's just how I am. So if people want to chat about football, they can because they can come to me and I'll just chat to them about it. So Brilliant. that might be why I, I don't stop going on about it, really. Let's do it a little bit more then, shall we? <laughs> because <laughs> because uh, <laughs> ultimately, again, this is this is what we all love so much about you. You're getting your call up and you're getting your time with England as well. And also, when you got that, when you got that time, you just seem to it, you seem to look very comfortable in those games. The times that we've seen you play as well, in general. So going back to Harry Maguire, it could be the point that you guys are actually lining up together in the Euros. So making it like a serious conversation, it, it could be something that you guys do together. And do you look back at your time at Sheffield United and you think, gosh, look, look how far we've come? Honestly, do you know what? First and foremost, I think when you talk about being comfortable, that came from all them players. Yeah. 
I read a lot of things about England, and obviously England's the pinnacle of anybody's career. But honestly, when I went there, them lads were absolutely incredible. And I knew H from before. H is one of the nicest fellas you can ever meet in your life. Honestly, with, with what he was like with me at Sheffield United, and then obviously going into the England fold. And I, listen, I knew him before, so it was always good to go and chat to him. And I, I'm good friends with him anyway. And I speak to him outside of football as well. But just to go there and how comfortable them players made it for me, that was what made it easier for me going in there because they were absolutely fantastic. So I can't speak highly enough of the players, the staff, and how they treated me when I first went in. And honestly, it was everything I dreamt of and more because I went there and just the feeling of being there, chatting to the gaffer as soon as you go in when you first meet me, you just have a chat about football and he asks how you are. And honestly, it was a bit surreal. It was something where you go and you go, wow, actually, this is actually, and you walk up in the conversation, you go, it was just ridiculous that it was absolutely ridiculous and honestly that, that that's the feeling you get so in terms of feeling comfortable they made that as comfortable as possible for me because they were brilliant with me every single player there even sitting down for lunch coming having a chat and honestly I can't speak highly enough of everybody there yeah. we spoke to Declan about when he went to England and he was talking about you know the standard he said he was nervous so yeah. before they made you feel comfortable first was mm. you going in there and was you nervous? Was you like, ooh, Ross, H. Kane and Sterling and, you know, <laughs> them man there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, honestly, mate, you know when you mentioned that there, so as you mentioned that, so we've done the first session, so I don't know if you remember, so when we, the first uh, international camp was when we'd just come back off the, another little pre-season that we had and we went straight back into an international break, didn't we? We went straight back into the season, so that was my first call-up. So I ended up going so when you first go, you expect to be eased in a little bit. You know, like you've just been off for two weeks. You've had a couple of weeks yeah, off. Yeah. So this first session might be a bit light. Oh, my. I can't tell you how sharp that first session was. Honestly. <laughs> honest, honest to God, mate. So you've just been off for two weeks. And I'm thinking, I've not kicked a ball for two weeks. I've been away. I've had a little break with the kids and the missus. And I'm going to England. I need to make sure I'm right. But surely the first session will be all right. <laughs> the progression in the first session, I can't tell you the standard, what it done. And I come off and Dex said to me, what it was actually Deck who said it. What about the standard there? And I was like, it was just ridiculous. Honestly, one touch, two touch, everything was so fast. It was incredible. Tell us about who were the the big performers. You know, when you go into those sessions, because Deck was saying that as well. He was like looking at people and going, "Oh my god!" Like he's played against him and stuff like that. But in those kind of training sessions, he felt like the whole standard was so raised because of all these great players in one place. Yeah, it does, and I think you've got to raise your standards. Otherwise, it, it might sound a bit harsh or a bit telling the truth but you get found out you have to raise your standards otherwise players are looking at it as if like you need to deal with that past that I've just given you you need to make sure you deal with it yeah. going there with players yeah. from Manchester City Liverpool these sort of teams Manchester United these sort of teams so you have to deal with what they're used to so you go there so you have to raise your game but honestly I can't speak highly enough of everybody there you, even the likes of young Jaden Sancho when he's there and honestly the skills and the one-two touch and the way you, the way you can move the ball Phil Foden we speak well so obviously we see him doing things now for Manchester City we've done a session and it was like a like a three on three session. I was against him. <laughs> Honestly, like I couldn't get near him. Honestly, I could not get near him. He was absolutely fantastic, and yeah, the the level there is absolutely incredible. Really is. I see. That's mad. Like because I'm hearing you talking, and as a footballer, you know there's levels. It's just like when you when you're at League One, and then you go to the champ. You're like raw training, and then you go champ to the prem, and you're like raw. Like <laughs> every, everything's just fast, and then you go from the prem to England and it's the best of the best yeah. so I'm hearing you talk and I'm hearing it and I'm looking at them thinking of the times where 
I've just stepped up in the levels and I'm thinking, bro, these men are good. Yeah. And to that where you're like, oh, bro, I didn't deal with that pass. Or, and it's that nerves. And then, of course, after this first session, you're kind of like, all right, you know, I acclimatised myself. Oh, I didn't mess that up. Or, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's thing, a beautiful yeah. thing because I can understand what you're, you're going through. You know what I'm yeah. saying? What was a bigger, I'd say, moment because they're both like epic your England debut or the Liverpool Europa debut? No, do you know what, mate? The the, the England debut was 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 next level. Honestly, it was absolute next level to to go and represent my country. Me, the, the first game was in Denmark, and like I said, we, we're just coming. I think at the time, I think at the time, England were getting a little bit of stick as well, but people didn't realise that the lad, the, the players there, had just had a mammoth season in terms of the uh, the lockdown coming, and we had the restart, and then the lads had. had Two, three, four, five weeks break, whatever it would, whatever it would be, and then went straight into an international camp. Mm. So the first game for me was Denmark away, and honestly, the feeling of walking out—you had the jacket on, you had the kit on, and then you're lying up and sing the national anthem. Honestly, I, I, I can't explain to you now the feeling of it because it was that surreal, it was that incredible, and it, it's something that'll stick with me for the rest of my life. And I remember the night before, I didn't sleep a wink. I remember waking up the next morning, you know, when I. The manager says, "Yeah, I've got sleep." Yeah, it was a great sleep. Didn't sleep a wink. Down, great sleep. Yeah, I was on the phone all night. I was messing with misses. The whole lot. I just, I just couldn't wait for it, honestly. And like I said, mate, yeah, the the, the feeling of doing that was absolutely remarkable. Can I ask a question about, you know how we see pundits these days talk about how football's changed and they're all too pally with each other and they're all friends. And does it really matter if you have friends in other teams and, you know, you're you're really good friends when you go away with England because the golden generation were criticised for not being friends and for having these cliques. So does it really matter in modern day football whether you do shake each other's hands or obviously separate to COVID? Yeah, I don't think, I think as long as you're doing the business on the pitch, for your own club and your work and you're fighting for your own club. I don't think it makes that much of a difference. I think it stands in good stead for, for obviously going away with the national team because, as I mentioned before about going away with England, the, the, the way and the camaraderie and the spirit and everything when I went there was absolutely incredible between the lads and that's what I mean. That, that's what helped me settle in. But I think in terms of when you go back to your club, you know you're there to fight for your badge, you're there to fight for your club, you're there to fight for the team you play for and the lads around you. And I think that's important. I think when you come off, you go into the changes, you go into the tunnel and you have a chat with obviously... We've all got friends from different clubs, and I think that's quite obvious. And it's hard to then finish a game and then not speak to them. Do you know what I mean? Even if you've you've been beat, or not, you might speak to them. You might have a bit of a cob on, but you still speak to them. So I think it's something where, as long as you're fighting for the bad when you go out, I think that's the most important thing. And we all want to win for our respective clubs, definitely. See, I'm with you on that. I I, I think that game time's game time. Like, yeah. don't get it twisted. I mean, if I came up against Cody in the FA Cup, like he's my guy, but. Wait, the first tackle, I'm gonna go and win. I, I want to go and win. I think winners are winners. Yeah. I think I don't I don't think there's anything and I I, I think the old pundits are I'm gonna say it's a catch twenty two because like you said, LW, it's they'll always find a way to say something's not right. So if you're, you know, too standoffish, they'll be like, see, you need to come together, there needs to be a bit of togetherness. And then if you're too together, I see see, it's not you're not too pally pally, that's the reason why there wasn't that aggression on the pitch. And I'm like, look. For me, footballers want to win. I don't care. And I want to win over my friend because we're going to be chatting. So I don't want him to have a one-up on me. So for me, I'm with Connor there in a sense where, listen, it's cool if we're bridging. It's cool because at the end of the day, it's a game, 90 minutes or 90 plus minutes. We're, I wouldn't say enemies, but we're going head to head. And then afterwards, if I want to hug him, after COVID, of course, I want to hug him. So I'm with, (laughs) win, 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 win games, win games, you know, game time's game time. I just think that pundits sometimes just want to have stuff to say. Yeah, I've, I've never seen, and also, mate, I've never seen 
because you, obviously you've got friends within football. I've never seen a game where players have not been aggressive because they've been friends. Do you know what I mean? I think it's easy to say when when you see someone after a game giving each other a high five and or giving a quick or oh, are you all right? Yeah, sound great to see you. It's only usually one of them. Do you know what I mean? It's nothing. What you meant to do? Just blank your mates and walk past and. Do you know what I mean? It's a tough one. I've never, I've never ever seen a, a player at any level go up against a friend and not be aggressive because that's what you do. It's, it's natural. It's natural instinct to go into yeah. the game and, and go. I'm going. I'm doing this today. I'm doing this. I'm, I'm going to do it. So yeah, I think that's how it is. Yeah. I'm going to embarrass you a little bit. But you probably already know this as well, but um, just to big you up a little bit more, you're the first Wolves player to make a debut for England or play for England for over 30 years. So the last one was Steve Bull. So I imagine your fan base are incredibly proud anyway and very, very loyal. So did that make it a little bit more special for you? How did your fan base react? Oh, 100%. 100% because leading up to it, listen, Wolves fans have been absolutely incredible with me. Incredible with me since the first day I come in five, six years ago. They've been absolutely incredible and they've been pushing for England call up for many, many years. <laughs> Wolves fans yes. saying it to me. We've heard it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've been pushing it for, that, for many, many years. So I know how much it meant to them and playing for England, was a lot for them as well because of what they've been like with me over the years. They, they've wanted they've wanted this for years and you could see the pride that come out in them and it's just disappointing we, we, we're not allowed them in the crowd, in, in the ground at the minute to obviously celebrate them sorts of things. But honestly, it was massive for them and doing that was, was partly for them as well because of how they've been with me since day one when I come to this football club. All right, cool. So I'm going to say something and of course, we're not even going to try and disrespect Wolves or the fans because you are you know, their player. But how does it make you feel when you're linked with, you know, a possible return to Liverpool? There's that talk. They've always said, listen, you know what, Connor's doing his thing and they can always see you going back to Liverpool. You know, when you hear stuff like that, you know, of course, not to disrespect Wolves, how does that make you feel in that sense, just because it's your childhood club? Honestly, mate, honestly, it really does not affect me. It does not affect me whatsoever. It's something where I've grew to love this football club since the, since the day I came into it. I've, I've mentioned it plenty of times before. And I think them sort of things are easy to put out there. I think they're easy to read. I think it's something that people just put two and two together and go, oh, that, that might happen or that could happen or whatever. Honestly, I couldn't be happier where I am. I, I speak about being at this football club all the time and what this club's given me over the years. I, I've been here for five or six years now and this has given me my whole life. I've got everything to owe to this football club. So in terms of reading things that aren't true, things that are out there that aren't true, uh, it's not something that people have got to worry about because I mention this club all the time and what it's given me, given me family, given me children. All my children know is me playing for Wolves. That's all they know. I've got a five-year-old boy, a three-year-old and a one-year-old and all they know is me at this football club. So they love this football club as well. So in terms of what it's given me, I've got a massive amount of gratitude for. So it doesn't affect me, things like that. I don't look too much into things like that. It's it's not something that affects me. I just know I love being here every single day. Do you? You know that attitude that you have there? You, you hear that sometimes when, when people aren't really sure how to deal with scrutiny that comes with football, especially the young players. And having a family and, and kids and a wife and just something that you can close the door and when you close it, it's shut, you know, and, and you're separate from the game and, and all the scrutiny that comes with it. Do you kind of... And it's, wisdom is a, it sounds like a really old word, doesn't it? But do you talk to the younger players in the role that you're in at Wolves and, and say, look, you've, you've got to have something other than football and not, you know, absorb all of that negativity? Oh, 100%. 100%. I think it's huge. I think it's huge. I mean, I all say the same. I think it's massive. Uh, we mentioned before about the run we've been on the last few weeks. Going home and closing the door takes your mind away from everything. Honestly, it's the best thing you can ever do because the run we've been on, it it affects you. You go into football every day and 
you need to try and make sure you're going with a smile on your face to try and lift spirits and try and make sure you're ready for the next game. But to go home with your kids and they just take your mind off and you close the door, you shut away the world and kids are jumping all over you and you're watching a film or <laughs> you're having dinner or you're playing on the PlayStation with them. Your little man plays PlayStation now. So it's it, it's the most important thing in the world. And I think it's massive for young players because I was the same as a young player. I used to think about absolutely everything. I'd go, I've done that pass wrong. I've done this wrong. I missed a tackle. I missed a shot. I've done this. I've done that. And I think it's easy to go home and, and sit in your bedroom and go, right, what did I do wrong today? And maybe watch the game back straight away. You know what I mean, that's something where you, you need to try and obviously switch off and rest your mind a little bit because mentally it's tough. We did. We, see, we've discussed this many a times with the footballers about, and it's the, I want to say it's the older players because Declan was pretty balanced as well in the sense of, of that. Mm. And I'm with you. I'm a family man. And you mentioned it. I think, of course, the league we're, we're going for at the moment, we're bottom of the champ. And so we haven't won many games. And so I think we beat Cardiff in the changing room. And when I mean the shift, it was just crazy because the, yeah. the day of a couple of days before we had lost and it was so, the, the energy and the atmosphere in the room was so bad. And then three days later, you could just see how different it was. And I remember sitting there with the, the skipper, Matt Bloomfield, and yeah. we looked at it and it was like, raw, look, look what football does in it. And it's, and for me, it's a, it's a balance where it's like, look, we can't get too high and we can't get too low. And exactly, I'm exactly like you in the sense where I come over, you've got three kids, I've got five. So I come home and it's pandemonium in my house. It's carnage in my house, you know, and I ain't got that premiership money. So we're on top of each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying, Connor? Say that, say that. So, you got more than me sponsorships and that. about you. I stop that, stop that, stop that. So I'm with you in the sense where you allow it just to switch off. You're like, you know what? Bad game or bad result, not good day at the office. And then you then go again. And then Monday, when you're next back in, you'll be like, look, let's go again. And it's so powerful to try and say that to the young kids that don't have, you know, so young players that don't have families and they're going home and it's like, listen, it's a balance. Don't overthink it. Switch off and we go again Monday because there's nothing you can do right now. So I, I, get, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Spot on, mate. I think time time's big as well, isn't it? Giving yourself time to think, mate. You can, you can go home from a game. I went home after West Brom the other day and honestly, the hardest drive home in the world. I went home and, you could see Amy, my missus Amy, she she was on centre hooks with me. She was like, you're all right. I, you know what I mean? Like one of them. So I go in and I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. And then the kids come and jump on you. And time helps you, time heals you. It really does. Do you ever do that when you kind of go, right, th- this is a bad result, but because you've experienced it before, you know that it takes maybe one day or one and a half days and it will start to get easier. So you almost kind of just go, right, just get through these 24 hours and then you'll wake up and you'll feel a lot better. Yeah, I think so. And it, listen, every bad result is tough to take. Every bad result is tough to take. Like I said, I go home and I can see, I can see him and just, you know, all right, ask me different questions. And But you you know that with time. Then you get back with the lads on Monday, you have a chat. Obviously, you speak about the things you've done wrong more than things you've done right. Mm-hmm. You get beat. Natural, that's what you do. So you get back with the lads and then you want to put it right. The feeling you have in your body and in your bones is that, I need to go again. I need to put this right. I need another game. I need something else quick. That's why when we play in the ch- the championship is incredible for it because the amount of games you play yeah. is just absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? It's sat and choose and you just go against you. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is how I know we're different. I hate <laughs> how intense it is. My knee. What? Oi, LW will tell you. Oh, when I so see cool. her after a game, yeah. oh, bruv. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Nah, I've, I've got to the point where 
I just look for when it's mad cold. I'm like, oh, this is retirement weather. When I'm sitting on the bench, I'm like, oh, this is retirement gate. What? I'm at that stage, brother. <laughs> I might get to that then. That might be coming in a few years, mate. <laughs> just, just to clarify as well. Me and Bio don't live together. It sounds a little bit like he's saying right after a game and I see her. <laughs> we don't yeah. live together. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, don't put a disclaimer out like that. Like that's a bad thing. Oh, LW just shouts. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't live with the brother. Hey, okay. Okay, LW, okay. <laughs> if, look, if you've got a spare room, I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> I told, did I just tell you I don't make premiership? We're, we're on top. Like, there's five kids they ain't got no space I'll go in the roof it's fine I like the company <laughs> yeah, listen I want to ask you about the championship while, while we've got you on that topic because your team while you were in the championship was ridiculous like some of the names that you guys were like Neves Jota uh, Bolly of course yourself as well in there some of those some of those games must have felt and, and obviously you're going to respect everybody that you played but but you were just a class above weren't you Honestly, the season was incredible. I, I look back on it, I just have a big smile on my face because mm. the season itself, and I know we're having a bit of banter about it, but I, I watch the championship now. I love it. I love everything about it. I love the games. I love mm. the teams. I love the way they play. I love the players. I love absolutely everything about it. So when, whenever there's a game on in the championship, I make sure I watch it because it's brilliant. And that season we had, we all speak about it now. Ruben loves it. So Ruben obviously came from Porto. We're the youngest ever player in the Champions League. And then we seen him coming in. I was like, this for real. So you know when you're reading it on your phone and you're seeing Sky Sports and Ruben never starts walking going, oh, I want to see him. But he looks a million dollars. But he smells lovely. You know what I'm going to say? That's what we're all talking about with players, but he smells a million. So honestly, he comes in and you see players like him, Diogo, you mentioned Bolly, people like this. And, and obviously the manager had us playing a certain way and we went into that, that season. We never changed the way we play. And I can't say, the, the memories I've got from it is incredible to, to go through the whole season. And the feeling we had going into games was like, we were unbreakable. That was the feeling we had going into games because of the momentum we built in the first half of the season. We were going into games and we played Cardiff towards the end of the season. We won 1-0 and the game was incredible. We gave two penalties away last minute and John saved one, the next one at the bar. And it was an incredible game and honestly, these memories live with us forever and we speak about it now. Ruben mentioned it all the time. Like a song will come on, say a song will come on and it'll be from like the promote, the party we had at the end of the year and they'll go, oh, remember that song? And the challenge, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. But, wow. So honestly, absolutely incredible. Really, really good. Bayern, you must have a few like that as well because you're getting promoted into the championship. This is what I quite like actually about football is there's a lot of football fans who support teams in the Premier League that will think that that's where success is. Do you know what I mean? You'll only find success in the Premier League and it means this much. It sometimes can mean more, can't it, Bayern? Let me tell you, and it's funny because I'll see sometimes people tweet when, because you know, I don't, I, look, I don't shake my excitement. I let you know that I'm excited. So it don't matter if... When we got promoted from League 2 to League 1, what? That was one of the best days of my life. And the worst thing is nobody can take it away. And I say this to sometimes, Ref, this is our cup final. It's all relative to who you are as an individual. So where it felt for Connor at League 2 or League 1, to the Prem, to the Champ, all... So for me, I've never got to the Prem. So my Prem is the Championship. That's the best. That's the best I did. So the best I did, and at the best level that I could get at, that's my pinnacle. So when I get gassed about it, like best believe, I'm gassed. So of course, for me, I'll always say that I'm I'm so privileged to be able to reach the highest level I got at the age of 38, just because I've gone through all what you know the hope and and then I got through the fact where oh damn I'm probably not going to reach the champ or and to do it 
at 38 where I've got like my family, I've got my kids, you know, I've, I've scored my goals, I've played the amount of games I've played and to then feel that, whereas to always, I always say that it's the hardest thing to have your first and uh, to be fair, I'm still looking for my first championship goal, but let's not talk about that. But that was me going into this season, you know, first championship win, you know, first championship draw. I'm still looking for my first championship assist. Now, let's move on from this. Let's just quickly move on from where I'm at at the moment. But <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's Connor would tell you, like, Connor had his England debut. He had his first England, but there's not many firsts. Connor will have again, you know what I'm saying? So when it's, he'll, he'll win the Champions League, you know what I'm saying? Like you say, I'm bigging you up there, Connor. You know what I'm saying? But you know, to be able to have that first at 38, that for me is the most beautiful thing and nobody can take that away from you as a person. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man, it's the pinnacle. 100%, mate. What about doing it with your mates as well? Do you know, that, that was a big thing for me, you know, doing it with your teammates. Do you know what I mean? You know what yeah. you're talking about and you do it like, you've got mates in your team and you're like real good mates. And you're with to get you probably yeah. with more than more than your missus and your kids, but doing it with like you do yeah. that. It's honestly the feeling of it's incredible. Thirty eight mates, God, I salute you. Absolutely fantastic that thirty eight. I was going to say that. Do you, do you look at what buyers and you and you're like because you've obviously played in the championship, and so you know like how how hard it is. And I see him when we do these podcasts, walk in and he's limping and he's tired, and you know he turns into like a little puppy dog and he just wants to sit down. So yeah. like you, the age of thirty eight, <laughs> coming through the the way that he has, you must look at him and think, oh my god, he's honestly. Like and a- I thought the same when I watched it when I watched the playoff final last year. I thought the same, and I seen the interview. I thought the interview was fantastic. By the way, I thought it was absolutely incredible. I watched it over and over. You know, like the. Uh, on the Insta, the Sky Sports Instagram and all that where you just replays itself I was watching it over and over yeah, yeah. but on, on, honestly mate I, I think it's absolutely incredible and like I said watching that game and, and seeing the ex- in the excitement at 38 that you can get at 21 that's what football does for you isn't it? do you know what I mean still getting that excitement still feeling that feeling of getting promoted like you mentioned it doesn't matter what league you come from it's the feeling of doing that and like you said it's not just Premier League where you have highs It's you can get it in the Championship you can get it in League One and that's the best thing about football in the country I've got a question to ask you, Connor, then, because you'll look at Bio and, and Bio will look at you and think that you're a young pup, to use his um, his terminology. So what advice, having gone through the championship and got promoted out of the championship, what advice could you give Bio at the moment, who's middle of the championship season, knows it's really like difficult? What can you tell him? Every day's a learning day. Speak, yeah. brother. That's, School that's me. A question to give the big man <laughs> advice. Listen, I, I can't give you advice, big man. You you uh, you've got to give me some. You've got to give me some, <laughs> a lot, nah, a lot nah, more but, years on me, mate. So I, I feel bad doing that. Nah, listen. Do you know the worst thing is? It's like that like for me. Like I said, I get a buzz. Like you said, you watched the Instagram. The, yeah. My my interview and it's the same I watched yours I, like you give me that feeling of yeah man like it's cool to be excited it's cool to be you like even when Carragher interviewed you about giving the other person man of the match and you said you thought it was you and you're just like what are you talking about it's just real like that's where I'm talking about where I'm like nah man I still love this game because I've, I feel like only footballers know like you said at 38 I remember somebody saying oh he's too old to be I remember somebody say oh he's too old to be talking like that or some nonsense like that and only footballers know like my strike partner's 20 yeah could be 19 so and of course young players keep you young you know the maturity we've got you know we give the experience yep deal with this deal with that 
But they keep you young. Like I said, there's retirement weather. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't be asked. And <laughs> the young pups will turn around and say, oh, you're too old. Or let's do old against young. And it just is like, what? You're trying to say I'm over the hill. Yeah. So for me, yeah. you know, every day is a learning day. So when I watch you, your interview, I'm like, nah, man. I still remember that feeling. I've still got that feeling. I still want that feeling. So, nah, man, you're inspiring me without even knowing that you're inspiring me. So, like I said, don't ever change. Thank you, mate. It means a lot, that. Thank you very much. Really means a lot, that, mate. Blessings. Tell us about your season at, at Sheffield United that ended up in an FA Cup semi-final. Oh, it was brilliant. Honestly, absolutely brilliant. I, I can't speak highly enough of my time at Sheffield for starters because... The people there were fantastic. The players there were brilliant. And we started off really poor, if I'm being honest with you. And then Nigel Clough came in and he was fantastic for me. Honestly, a real, real good man, a, a fantastic manager who, who helped us kick on and, and made sure we had a good season. And we finished with an FA Cup semi-final and pff, the feeling of doing it. And honestly, we, you know what? little story. We, we were 2-1 up at half-time against Hull and Hull were in the Premier League at the time. We were obviously League One. We come in at half-time and literally everybody was silent and we just burst out laughing. Everybody just burst out laughing because literally if Chef you would have got to the final, I think they'd have been into the Europa League or something. I'd have had a chance of getting into the Europa League. And we were in League One. And it was absolutely mental that we could even think of that. So we came in and we just had like a little bit of a laugh to ourselves. And the game was incredible. We, we got beat 5-3 in the end, but we gave a great account of ourselves. And honestly, the club is absolutely brilliant. I loved it there. In your first season then of professional football, you played like 50 games or something ridiculous. Was your body fully prepared for that? Did you stop and think, Mike, this is quite a lot? I had to be prepared for it. I had to be. I went to League One and the league was brilliant. Honestly, the league was brilliant. The teams we were coming up against, the things we were doing. And like I said, we started off really poor. I went there under David Weir and and it was tough under him because we were trying to play different ways. Like I said, the league was really good and it was a tough, tough league. And Nigel Clough then come in and, and really changed it. He knew the league. He knew how to play. He knew how to play with the players he had. And my body had to be ready for it because we had that many games. And honestly, it was brilliant. I loved every minute of it. Connor, do you get on with everybody? Because it seems like your brother that just gets on with everybody. Like, <laughs> it was at any time where you was like, nah, man, I don't check for that person or I don't check for that time. But let me quick, just quick ask, who is your favourite manager to work underneath? Because you worked under a few managers. Yeah. Who was your favourite manager to work you know under? It's a real tough question for me, that, mate, because ugh, I, I've loved all of them. Honestly, you mentioned about getting on with everybody. I try my best to get on with people. It's the best way of life. And I think you're arguing life is a problem. I mean, life's too short to be arguing or not liking someone. I know some people don't get on or whatever, but I try my best with everybody. I've worked under some top manager. I'd have to say the manager here, uh, Nuno, is, for what he's done for my life, my career, Everything about it, my family, everything has been absolutely incredible. So I'd have to say him. But working on the Nigel Clough at Sheffield United was brilliant. Chris Powell at Huddersfield, what a real, real great person Chris Powell is. And when I first went with England, Chris Powell was there working with Gareth Southgate as an assistant manager. And it was great just to see a friendly face. I had a chat with him about our days at Huddersfield and where we both come to. And it, it was brilliant. So all of them have been brilliant. But I'd say, obviously, the, the gap in London now is, is absolutely fantastic. What were those days like at Huddersfield? Loved them. Loved I sound like a broken record, don't I really? But I, <laughs> <laughs> I was about to really say he can't speak highly enough of Huddersfield as well. Right? Might, might, get a bit bored. Might get a bit bored in this interview. <laughs> Just keep on saying. But, <laughs> nice <guy. laughs> but uh, uh, honestly, like go going to that club, I got a lot to all Liverpool for as well because because they kind of helped me pick that club. I went to a club filled with fantastic people, brilliant supporters, brilliant ground, great lads, brilliant staff, and Chris Powell. Okay, I actually signed under Mark Robbins and. He was only there for one game that I was there and he ended up leaving and then Chris Powell come in. And honestly, as a person, I can't speak more highly of him as a person. He was absolutely brilliant. And what, what he brought to that club was fantastic. And we had a good season that year. I think we finished 15, 14. Then at the time for Huddersfield, it was it was a good season. It was something that we were good doing. So yeah, I, I had a great season there. I loved it. 
What sort of career would you like to have once you retire from football, do you think? Oh, it's tough. It's tough. It, it's it's obviously something in football. So p- people speak to me about management and doing a bit of the punditry, which, which I've tried and I loved. I loved it, absolutely. Just yeah. talking about football and looking at different tactical sides and how teams go about things and how they set up and watching it on the screen. I also done Monday Night Football with with, with Karen. That, that was absolutely amazing. I, I loved the experience of it. It was brilliant. But I think in terms of having a little go with a manager, it's, it's something that's on my mind. It's something that I'd love to do, but it's making sure you're a good one. I wouldn't want to get into a point where I think to myself, I'm not going to be too good at that. I want to want to put myself in a position. I want to want to embarrass myself if I'm being totally honest with you. So there's a few things on my head at the minute, but it'd be it'd be one of them too, without a shadow of doubt. Yeah. Do you worry that if you went into management, that unless it went well, and and with managers, it's 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 always inevitable that it ends. Do you know what I mean? It it will always end at some point, and yeah. and it probably won't be a good ending. That's just kind of the way that football management works nowadays, especially. So does it does it ever concern you that if you went into management, it would change the way you feel about the game yeah it could do it could do I, I I think I would have had enough experience in my career for it not to do that if I'm being honest I'd have been through enough ups and downs come whenever my career hopefully I go to 38 40 whenever bio mm. whatever bio tends to finish <laughs> but at that point I've had enough ups and downs where I've got through that point if you know what I mean where football is enough to keep me going for the rest of my life do you know what I mean I, I, as I mentioned to you a few times on here I, I love speaking about it I love talking about it so I hope I don't get to that point, but listen, you, you've got to really believe in your own ability to do that because you're the leader of the club, you're the leader of the club, and I've worked with some fantastic manager who can take advice off and tips off, but it's something where I'd have to make sure that I wouldn't go into a job to embarrass myself, I'm being honest with you. So you're 27 and you already know that you want to be a manager. Like You've got 10 years minimum left in the game, like to 37, but still know... Have you always been that? That's what I'm coming back to it. Like, so would they have said from your time at Liverpool that you know what, when he finishes his career, he's probably going to be a manager? Have you always had that, or if, as you've just gotten older, you've just had a, a developed an even deeper love for the game? Do you know what, mate? No, do you know what? It's it's as soon as, and it might sound a bit daft, the manager came in here because the way he spoke, yeah. the, 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 the way. We had conversations together, the way we spoke about the game, the way we spoke about his idea and his identity for the football club and the ideas he had. I, I remember when he first came in, we were on a pre-season to Austria and I was sat next to him on the plane. I ended up sitting next to him on the plane. I don't know how that happened. And you know when you see the manager coming down the aisle and there's a seat next to him, you go, <laughs> Please don't let me the gaffer. Yeah, I get that. He's like, oh gosh, got a chat. You know what I mean? And you start panicking, don't you? start panicking, thinking, oh no. And you take the right and you're going, oh no, he's sitting there. So we ended up sitting next to each other and he spoke to me about his identity and what he wants for the club and his ideas. And I always think back to that conversation, I think you've done exactly everything that you said to me on that plane journey, that hour and a half plane journey. You've done everything within these three years. And I think that's absolutely brilliant. The ideas and what he does to take on the change he makes on a touchline, how he deals with players, how he deals with the team. It's it's only ever since the manager came in here, if I'm being honest with you. That, okay. that what you just said is interesting because I read a lot about how when Nuno came in, he had plans with, with the owners to get promoted, to finish in, in the European positions in the Premier League. So he must have now set a new agenda and, and, and new plans. Does he share them with people? Does he make them public? 
Yeah, do you know what? He's, he's never shared them like them plans that you're talking about. There, he never, he never shared with us at the start of it. He never shared with us at the start of the journey. We we never read. It. We were reading things like that in the press every day about who's oh, going to do this and going to do that. And we're like, oh, if we do that, we'll be all right, won't we? We'll, we'll have a good couple that of good. <laughs> what we're reading. But it, he's never ever said anything like that to us, and so we, we we don't know. We just go about our business every single day to try and improve, to try and get better. That's the biggest thing about what we do to come into this football club. Because the main goal is improving this football club to take it higher and higher. So it's FA Cup fourth round this weekend, obviously, and you've reached the semi-finals twice. We've spoken about Sheffield United, your time there. What about reaching the semi-final with Wolves, playing Watford, who obviously went on to, to play the final against Manchester City, and we all know how that ended. Talk us through that game and, and, and the events of that game. Do you know what, Laura? It's, it's tough to talk you through. It's tough. I've, mm. I've never watched the game back. You know, whenever the game finished, when you see highlights on the telly, I would, ne- I would always flip it over. I turned it over. My little boy said to me after that he got beat, and I was don't talk to me about it. Do you know what I mean? Because honestly, that's the one game where I think back and it was a massive opportunity missed that. We, I look back on a game and I think about it and we were 2-0 up, I think, with about 15, 20 minutes ago. And honestly, I, I don't mean to sound bad anyway, but we were cruising. Mm. We were doing that well. We, it, it, it was a complete performance. Honestly, it's a 65, 70 minutes. It was an absolute complete performance. We'd done everything we worked on in the week. We'd done everything we t- intended to do. And then, I think here Delafeu come on and top top player, top top player, and he changed it. He he changed the game. He gave he gave them a different dimension, and it helped them. As soon as we threw it away in the end, and it was our own doing. But I never watch it back because it's a real tough one to take that because we were there. We had one foot where we wanted it. We were in an FA Cup final with this club, and that was what we wanted to do all season. We had a fantastic run. We beat Man United in the quarters, which the atmosphere at Molineux was, was electric. It's something that'll stay with me forever. And to get to where we did was brilliant, and we were there. And to, to throw it away like we did was, was absolutely horrible, yeah. No disrespect to, to Watford either, but I'm sure in that season, you'd already held City to a draw, hadn't you, in the Premier League? Yeah, early so, on so, season, yeah. 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 yeah, so the idea in, in most people's heads was that actually if, if Wolves had made it to the final, they probably would have given City perhaps a better game than, than what happened to, to Watford. So it was, a, it was a strange outcome, I think, for, for a lot of people, but... Like I say, no disrespect to Watford and meant in that. Yeah, we, we, we had a belief about ourselves, I'll be honest with you, that season because, like you said, we, we'd drawn with Man City, we drew with Man United away, we'd beat Liverpool in the FA Cup early on, we'd beat Man United in the FA Cup and there was a real momentum building that season. It was incredible. I, I mentioned the atmosphere at Molineux in the quarters and we won 2-1 and we, we played really well. The, the lads were brilliant on the night and there was a belief that we could obviously get to the final to where we wanted to be and obviously, like I said, to... To speak about it now is tough because we were there and it's, it's really hard to speak about. Like, like I said, I've never watched it back. It's not something I want to watch back and I probably won't. Sorry, what what, what did the score finish? I, I, I know you don't want to talk about What did the score finish? 3-2, so we were 2-0 up. 3-2. We were 2-0 up, yeah. So Doc, Matt Doherty scored and then Raul scored and then uh, they got it back to 2 all. Troy Deeney scored last minute with a pen. Give a penalty away last minute. He scored and then Delafeu scored in uh, extra time. 3-2, done and dusted. So yeah, it was a it, it was a tough one, mate. It was a real tough one. Like I said, it was it was something that we we, we built a, a real bit of momentum for ourselves. Do you know what I mean? And so to get to that point and and chuck it away was was a nightmare for us. Yeah, wasn't there something controversial about one of those decisions? I'm, I'm sure I remember thinking like because I I remember that game. I had it on. I was working at Talksport, and I just remember there being something slightly controversial in in the decision making in it. Can you remember what it was? Obviously, uh, no. There, there was a penalty win in the last minute. Last minute of the game, can't remember who the referee was, and 
looking back on it now, I, th- I think it was a penalty. If I'm, if, I, if I'm looking back on it, I think it, I think it was Leander then Donker. I think the ball's been crossed in. I remember it. He was right in front of me. The ball's been crossed in. He's gone to clear it, and I think Dini's come out of nowhere and kind of took it off his toe. And Leander's not seen him and gone over. And it's one of them where you don't even see it. It's, it's not even a tackle. He's trying to clear the ball. Do you know what I mean? And he was just Troy was obviously just a little bit quicker and got there in front of him. And yeah, it was it. That was last second. So yeah, tough to take. Who's the best player you've played with and who's the best player you played against? Played with? Oh, so there'll be a couple. There'll be a couple. Played with for England. Played with for England. There's obviously a whole load in that England team who I could mention. Yeah. I think it's easy to mention the, the likes of Keynes, your Sterlings, your, your, your Hendertons. They're all world, world class players. Incredible players. Sancho, world, world class players. Do you know who I'm going to go with for, for England is Phil Foden. I think he's absolutely fantastic. I think he's going to be immense. Okay. I think he's going to be incredible. And I'm only saying him because he's so young and I think he's got everything ahead of him. That's the only reason. I think it's easy to obviously say the people who we know is world-class. Do you know where I'm coming from there? So yeah. we, we, we know the world-class yeah, 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 yeah. So I think I, I think Phil Foden is, is going to be absolutely incredible. I think for Wolves, I've always said it all along, Ruben Neves is, is, is one of my best mates. And I've played with him for many years now. Incredible footballer. I think he's going to have everything in his career. Honestly, I think he's that good. So, and he's one of my best mates. So, uh, yeah, Ruben for Bulls as well. You can't not say uh, best cool. mate, can you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Connor, thank you. Been an absolute pleasure. It was exactly how we thought it would be. Thank you so much for spending so much time talking to us. Good luck as well. Fingers crossed, Wolves get back on track. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Thank you. Bye, there you go, Connor Cody being exactly like the Connor Cody that we see in post-match interviews. He's great, isn't he? Oh, man, I told you, man, he's infectious. <laughs> like, he, he's proper that guy. I've got so much time for him, man. He just, he's honest and humble. So, nah, he's good people. Excellent. Okay, uh, we are now going to look through the Super 6 fixtures for round 29. So download the Super 6 app and create an account and play for free by predicting the scores of six chosen matches and you could be in with a chance of winning £250,000 this week. Before we do get to the fixtures, though, we've actually had a jackpot winner bio. What? Um, what, what? So someone's done it, yeah. So huge congratulations to Catherine from Sunderland, our first Super 6 winner of the season. So the goal that won of the money, it was Bristol City's second goal, came in the 77th minute. So she was just sat on £250,000 with 13 minutes plus injury time still to be played. So basically she was just sitting there hoping that nothing changes. How mad is that? She won how much? A quarter of a million? A quarter of a million, yeah. Jeez, what's, what's her name? Catherine. Catherine, she lives in Sunderland. Hey, Catherine in Sunderland, listen, we willed you, me and LW willed you to win that money. So if you want to buy us something, we will not say no. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying. All right, congratulations. Oh, a quarter of a meal. Just visualise you've got 13 minutes to wait. And you just you're just hoping it's not even in your in your control. You're just sitting there hoping and begging that nothing changes, no more goals going. What are you doing for those yeah. thirteen minutes? Do you know what I'm trying to think? Do I switch it off and switch it back on? Because I've done yeah, that sometimes fine. when I'm watching like a Liverpool game. I'm like, oh, it's too much. Let me switch it off for ten minutes and come back on. Or do I just sit there and then just like kick every blade of grass? Or mm, I don't know. It's hard. Oh, of course, I don't even want to be in that situation. Do you know the worst thing is I don't know if I, I think 
things get smashed up either way. So I think like if they if I don't win the money, I smash up because I'm mad. I'm like Bristol man or whoever they played. And then if I do win, I'm like I got a quarter, I got a quarter mil. I smash things up anyway. I just think things get smashed up. All right, listen, congratulations, Catherine from Sunderland. Incredible. I hope you spend your money wisely. £250,000 is a lot of money. I'd say that's life-changing money, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's life-changing money. It's life-changing yeah, definitely. money. Congratulations. Yeah, massive congratulations. And don't forget about our Super 6 League. You can join using the code SUPER6 and there is a £1,000 prize to be won uh, at the winner of that individual league. And another reminder, you can invite your mates as well. They can join Super 6. Any of your invited friends, if they go on to win the jackpot, you get £25,000 as well. So extra incentive. Make sure you get involved as we could be talking about you next week. Yes, cash money, people. Get involved. Okay, prediction time. Here we go. So basically, I'm okay. going to read you out the fixtures. All we want is the predictions and we'll see how we get on. So, bio. West Ham against Doncaster. Oh, West Ham, Donny. Um, West Ham are in good. Oh, but so is Doncaster, to be fair. Um, but I'm going to say 2-0 West Ham. I'm going to say 3-0 West Ham because Mikel Antonio is back, so I think they're going to score a few. Next one, Sheffield United, Plymouth. Plymouth, in good shape. They beat Sunderland yesterday, I think, 2-1. Sheffield United struggling, but um, I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for an upset. I'm gonna say two one Plymouth. Are you? I'm gonna say you know what? Sheffield United got their first win in the Premier League. They got an FA Cup win, obviously as well. Then they got three one to Spurs. You know what? I think they're gonna bounce back from that loss. I think they're gonna beat Plymouth. I reckon it's gonna be two 0 Sheffield United. Next one, Brighton v Blackpool. I'm gonna say I think Brighton's gonna win this two 0 Okay, just to be different, I'm going to say 3-0. Brighton plays some really lovely football. Barnsley v Norwich. You know what? I'm going to say Barnsley's going to win that 2-1. Are you? I'm going to go against you. I'm going to say Norwich is going to win that 2-0. Okay, Swansea v Nottingham Forest. Lau Taylor is at Nottingham Forest. They won 3-1 recently, but once a jack, always a jack, they say. Um, so I'm going to go with Swansea and I will say... 3-1 Swansea. I'm going 2-1 Forest on that one. And last one, Bournemouth v Crawley. Bournemouth just got beat the other day. Crawley had a really good performance mm. against Leeds. 3-0, right? 3-0, yeah. But I think Bournemouth's going to bounce back, so I'm going to say 2-1 Bournemouth. I'm actually going to say 2-0 Bournemouth. I think that Crawley have sort of played their final in that sense. I think Bournemouth will be a bit too much for them. So even though Leeds won, yeah, I'm going to say Bournemouth 2-0. That is it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Really enjoyed that one. Big thanks as well to Connor Cody for joining us. And remember, if you want to get involved on Twitch, you can follow us at Super6 and use the hashtag Super6Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe as well and make it download automatically each week. Bio, it's been a pleasure. Always a pleasure, LW. You get me. All right, people, till next week. Peace and love.